You're listening to Beyond the Ribbon, a podcast of the 24 Hours in the Canyon Cancer Survivorship Center. This podcast is brought to you by Kia of Amarillo, proud member of the Auto Inc. family of dealerships. Be sure to check out their website at kiaofamarillo.com. Hey, everyone. Welcome to this episode of Beyond the Ribbon. My name is Ryan Parnell, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host and oncology nurse, Pam McMillan. Hey, Ryan. How are you today? I'm doing well, Pam. I am. How about you? I'm good. You know, I always enjoy coming back and doing podcasts and learning from our guests, but I'm really excited about today's guest. Um, I don't remember when I met her, but it just seems like she's always been a part of the center as long as I can remember. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. Her smiling face, her little contagious laugh. And so I know that we're going to learn something great from our guests. Yeah. And this is what's unique too, Pam. We talk about often with our survivors of telling their story. Yeah. And she's got a great story. Yes. Um, one that we always talk about too, about how you, you can't really connect everything looking forward. You always have to kind of look in the rear view and say, Oh, now I see. And so, uh, but we won't spoil any more about that. No, 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 no. So, uh, let's introduce our guest, Pam. We're super excited today to have Rosie Hernandez on. Rosie, how are you? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. Well, you're sure welcome to be here. And, um, I, I would second what Pam said about, um, not remembering exactly. Maybe you will remember when you first started coming, but, um, you know, we've seen you through a lot of things. And so I think it's, it's best just to start kind of at the beginning, like we always say. And, uh, if you don't mind sharing with our listeners uh, about your diagnosis and when you were diagnosed and what kind of cancer you had. Okay. Yes. Thank you. So I was diagnosed with breast cancer in October of 2018. And like you have both have said, I feel like I've been a part of the center for as long as I can remember. But I think when initially I was really referred over here by Harrington Cancer Center. um, And I'm so glad they did because it really, you know, changed my life, you know, being able to come over here and be in unity with other survivors. You know, that's that community that we talk about often that, um, you know, survivors may not know that they need um, finding a safe place for people to come together and finding a safe place to talk to other people ha- who have gone through something very similar to yours. Yeah. And sometimes too, um, they may be a little nervous, a little scared, like, Oh, they're going, what are they going to do? They're going to, uh, they're going to make me talk. And <laughs> they're, they're going to make, you know, and that's what, you know, you can, we always say it's a buffet. You can participate. You can not participate. You can try this. You can try that. It's up to you. And I think you found, um, I hope I'm not putting words in your mouth, but I think you found a place to plug in and, and learn and engage. I definitely did. I mean, early on, I was connected with the Survivorship Center, but I don't think I really came um, until after my treatment, post-treatment. And I think that's when I needed this community the most. Um, I think I was such in a vulnerable state. I really wasn't sure you know, who I was at the time. Mm -hmm. I think I had some identity issues, just Mm -hmm. having gone through a lot of physical issues um, with, you know, I was bald. I um, had a a bilateral mastectomy. I wasn't really sure who I was at the moment. Um, Was I a survivor? Would I go back to my normal life? Mm -hmm. And so I really feel like this community really helped me connect me and lead me to the path that I'm on now. That's so awesome to hear. You know, I can remember you coming to um, right before the pandemic, if um, the flower workshop, it seems like, I don't know why that sticks out to me, but um, you come in and then like all of a sudden the world shut down and we didn't get to see each other. That's right. I think I I remember shortly after that, Pam, we were talking at the flower workshop and then we weren't able to see each other right shortly after that. Yeah. So do you remember what class you came to first? 
Um, I think I actually, I think the the flower workshop was oh. one of my first ones. That's okay. a good one. That's a good one. So if you're listening and going, what is this flower workshop? What is this flower workshop? Um, we do a lot of fun activities, a lot of activities that are not, you know, we do wellness, we do, you know, Tai Chi, and we've talked about those classes, but we also mix in some fun um, mental escapes. Uh, and I would certainly categorize the flower workshop as one where we work with uh, Kirby over in What Incarnations. And um, she brings in uh, um, buckets upon buckets upon buckets of flowers. And um, this place smells like uh, I don't know, a florist. I mean, it <laughs> smells wonderful in here with all the flowers. And then uh, all the survivors get to listen to Kirby learn and talk about what, how to mix this flowers and those flowers. And there's no test at the end to no remember what, what flowers what. And then you get to take home an arrangement that you made. Yeah, it really is a fun class. So, Rosie, whenever you were diagnosed, um, you had small kids, correct? That's right. I had a, a fifth grader at the time. And I was really kind of learning how, how do you navigate that as a young adult with, you know, cancer? I really wasn't sure how to do that. And so I really sought out your services here. One, to really keep me distracted, too, you know, from all the treatments and um, all the th- different things I was going through. And so I really feel like the connection here really helped me understand how do I navigate, you know, being a mom and a, a cancer survivor. So did you have to go through chemotherapy? That's right. I did. So did you have any major side effects that you're still struggling with that um, the center maybe has helped you? Yeah. One of them is um, the, the Matt group, um, you know, after, my treatment, I was really struggling with chemo brain. Um, and I really wasn't sure, you know, was this normal? Uh, but I feel like, you know, being here and talking to other survivors, it really helped me understand that it was a side effect uh, mm. of chemo. Um, and your Matt group really helped me to understand um, how, you know, gave me some really great strategies to overcome that. So let's talk about that Matt group if we can. Um and so people are going, what is Matt? What is Matt? I thought, I thought you just said it was for chemo brain. Well, it is. So Matt stands for memory and attention adaptation training. And it is a clinically designed program that we offer here at the center. Um, it can be done individually. It can be done in a group. It can be done um, virtually or in person. And uh, I mean, it's so flexible and it's an up to eight weeks. Did you now, Rosie, was yours up? Was yours eight weeks? Or yes, did you? It was. Okay. Yes. So sometimes uh, there may be a little bit that the instructor can go, oh, no, 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 you, sh- you can skip this portion and you can go on to the next level and things like that. And so it builds upon each other, right? Each of those, each of those weeks, it's a one time a week for about an hour ish. Yes. And um, they build upon each other and you have some homework, much like we leave all of our listeners with our, on the podcast, but you have some homework each week that you have to do and, and put those things into practice, right? That's correct. And it's not. It's not taxing. It's not terribly uh, hard. It's not like, oh my gosh, I got to do this homework, right? Or that, no, that's correct. Everything you're saying, yeah. Um, one of the things I loved so much about it was that it was easy to consume. You know, I, it was strategies that I could use mm-hmm. um, all day if I needed to. Um, it really changed my way of learning, which is what I was needing at the time. Can you, for our listeners, they're saying, well, what is chemo brain? What is? How can you best describe that? You know, sometimes it's just you're in a fog. I think you you don't easily remember as you used to. Um, and I felt like I was really struggling in learning. Um, the, my brain just wasn't at the capacity that I used to be prior to um, treatment. Um, and I 
I really thought maybe I'm the only one, you know, dealing with this. And so it really helped me to understand once I started coming here to Survivorship Center that, you know, I wasn't the only one struggling with this. And that's one of those things that you don't know until you know, right? You don't know that maybe this is just me and it's an individual type thing or I mean, this is what I've got to live with because the, the chemo helped treat my cancer and I'm kind of stuck with this leftover side effect. And unfortunately, a lot of folks don't look for the resources that we offer. I think it's hard for them to identify and pinpoint, yes, this is chemo brain because there is everybody has a different variety mm-hmm. of it. Um, and so, you know, if you're having that fogginess, that forgetfulness, word searching, word finding, um, those are signs that it is chemo brain. Forgetfulness. Yeah. Um, why did I come in here? What was I supposed to get? Um, and, and, and we all have some cognitive impairment as we age. That's, that's, and that's one of the things that's, that's brought up in the training is it's, it's a natural progression. Um, some more than others. I tend to forget a lot of names here recently, (laughs) you know, but, uh, it, it is, um, one of those things that's a natural progression, but chemo and radiation independently of each other or together really exacerbate that and make it much worse. But we also learned that you don't have to have chemo to have chemo brain. That's right. That's right. So if you're struggling with that and uh, you are in the 26 counties of the Texas Panhandle, let us help you. Let us help you. It doesn't matter. Listen, if you live in Sunray, you live in Perryton, you live two hours from here, you don't have to drive here to be a part of that. It can be done virtually with one of our counselors. Um, and that's that's the beautiful thing about this is uh, we'll mail you the book. Um, we'll put you together with a, a, one of our counselors and, um, it can be done virtually on your schedule. Right. So that's, what's really cool about that. But listen, I, I, this is the cool thing, Pam, to talk about with Rosie. This is not the end of your story, right? You've, you, right. you, you were diagnosed. Um, you've gone through treatment. You've been through the center. Uh, you're still coming to the center. Um, Rosie is one of those people, Pam, that we often joke about, like, we just can't get rid of her. Right. Not that we want to, you know, we love seeing her. we're here. It, 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 we just kind of really tongue in cheek say that we're here as long as you need us is what we always say to everyone. Um, but let's, let's transition and talk about, you know, you were, you, Pam was talking about how you had young children. You, um, you were working at the time and then you had an opportunity uh, that was presented to you, uh, as far as work goes. And that's one of the things that I really wanted to talk about too, is because, um, what you're doing now is so meaningful, um, that we see it too, the needs and, and, and the necessities and and the way that you're able to help and the way that, um, that we're also able to help as well. But let's talk about what you're doing now. Of course. Thank you. So, um, you know, during my time on the chemo chair, I really wanted my life to have purpose. And so I think you, when you're on that chair, you just spend a lot of time reflecting on your life. You know, like, what did I accomplish? You know, what is my life going to be going forward? Um, So I knew very early on uh, after my diagnosis that I knew that I wanted to help oncology patients, Um, especially surrounding myself here at the Survivorship Center and then just you know, being around um, cancer survivors, I knew that I had a purpose and that I was called to do something. And so I recently started working for Harrington Cancer Center and where I am a licensed clinical social worker. 
and just provide support like I received back then um, to patients. And I refer often here to Survivorship Center because it's played such an important role in my healing. That's so awesome. It is. So as a social worker, talk about like what support they provide. Yeah. Um, You know, social workers, I think, you know, if you feel like you're going through this diagnosis alone, we're there to help you and guide you in every step of the way. Um, What I love is, you know, telling patients that this is your journey. You know, I can share my story, but this is really what this is you. Um, And that's what I love sharing is that, you know, you have a purpose um, and helping them through those dark days. Like Mm -hmm. I had so much help during that time. Um, and some people don't have that support, and that's what social workers play, that important role that we are there for you when others, you know, perhaps can't be there or don't have that support. So can you tell our listeners what's the difference between social work and a licensed professional counselor? Yeah. So, you know, they they have a strong connection, um, at counselors and social workers. You know, we provide, you know, make sure as social workers, we make sure that you're taken care of from the social needs aspect. Um, you know, we at the, at the cancer center can provide lodging and, and travel assistance. Um, and counselors, you know, they take care of your mental health needs, mm-hmm. but each play such an important role, especially in the cancer diagnosis. Well, and I think too, just from what we've seen here is, um, they're almost, just as you said, they place a, a vital role together. Um, they, they build on each other and we, you know, our counselors send, uh, folks to, to Maribel for help. Mm-hmm. You know, Maribel is not a, uh, social worker. Um, but she is a social worker. Right. <laughs> you yes, know? She, is. she, she is, uh, she's a navigating social worker, if you will, um, in providing resources. And so, you know, it goes vice versa, just as you said, you know, you send people to counseling or help with the counseling and they send them to social work and same thing. It does, it, it play, they're so parallel, uh, next to each other. Um, one really goes hand in hand. That's right. So for our listeners, do you have like simple tips for them to get in touch with social workers and things that they should reach out to a social worker for? Yeah, if you, you know, of course, if you're struggling financially, um, that's something that I've been so grateful to be in this role now is to be able to assist with that. Um, if you just feel like you, you're, you're alone in this situation, then I feel like that's the time to really reach out to a social worker. Um, and social workers play such a role in different capacities. You know, I've worked in school settings. I worked with the state. Um, so we're really in all in all disciplines. And so I think if you feel like you are struggling in any point, then it's always a great time to reach out to a social worker. Yeah, and, and I think you hit the nail on the head about um, assistance, and that, that looks like about a hundred thousand different things, doesn't it? Yes, you know, it is. assistance, you know, I think you could almost sum it up with that because maybe it looks like, and this is what's so unique about, um, the relationships here, uh, between the, uh, um, survivorship center, the Harrington cancer and health foundation, which is not associated with Harrington cancer center where you are, mm-hmm. but the, the funds and the, the utilizations that you have come by way of the foundation. And, you know, for those of you who maybe say, well, I'm treated at Texas Oncology or I'm treated at uh, Panhandle Cancer uh, Cure, here we are. We are able to help you as well 
by way of the foundation through here. And that's where Maribel comes into play. But I think the unique thing is, is you talked about like hotel assistance or lodging. That's kind of what it looks like, right? That's correct. Um, transportation uh, with chemo cars or uh, gas cards, you know, um, those are what some of the big things. food assistance? Yeah. Of course, yeah. And we, you know, of course, there at the center, we do have a food pantry that mm-hmm. we access through Snack Pack for Kids that we provide to our patients. But we also make referrals to outside, you know, food sources. Should somebody live in one of the rural communities, we have access to be able to connect you with someone um, in a rural community. That's so awesome. You know, one thing that I do love about working, our working connection is that, you know, whenever you find something um, handy for our patients here that we can share, um, you're always shooting us an email like, oh, here's some reduced internet um, or house cleaning or whatever it may be. It's, you know, that sharing of knowledge is so important because ultimately it's the patient that we're trying to take care of. They benefit the most. And that's what's unique about it is, Every little thing helps. And I know um, many times, maybe our listeners are, are there, oh, I don't really need, or oh, I'm okay, I don't really, uh, you never know. Right. Um, you know, you never know. And um, if there's a, if there's a reduction, like you just said, Pam, if there's a reduction in your internet bill, why wouldn't you take that? Right. Why wouldn't you use that? Going through a hard time. If there's, know? yeah. I mean, there, there are some... There's some benefits. You know, I think back to one of our cancer survivor celebrations um, and Ethan Zahn, who was on um, Survivor. I think he was on, um, was it season two of Survivor? It I think was it was one of the early Yes, seasons. yes, back in the day. And he talked about playing the cancer card. Do you remember that? Using the cancer card when um, needed. When needed. But mm-hmm. don't overuse it. Don't overuse <laughs> it. <laughs> it should not. I, 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 I see that not as the first card you pull out of your wallet or your purse. Maybe it's the second or third or fourth card. Right. <laughs> so you're now in the role of a social worker, but you've also expanded your um, knowledge and education. Tell us about that. Yeah. So like I mentioned before, you know, I spent a lot of time on the chemo chair. And so I just really wanted to accomplish my goals. And one of them was to become a licensed clinical social worker. So um, I was working on my clinical hours for the last two years. And I recently completed that and tested back in April. So um, that was just always a goal. And I think, you know, as a survivor, I wanted to make sure and I I accomplished everything I wanted to. Um, Early on, you know, I didn't know what this diagnosis, where it would lead me and, you know, how treatment would go. And so I just knew that I needed to accomplish that goal. And so I, I was just blessed to be able to have accomplished that back in April. So that is so awesome. So where do you utilize that education? Yeah, um, I think I utilize it every day, you know, in the work that I do at the, at the cancer center. Um, you know, I'll be able to practice in the mental health field at this point. And mm-hmm. so I'm hopeful to be able to do that in the future to assist other, you know, cancer patients. Right. And now you're working with a grief group, correct? That's right. I do. I do some PRN uh, for BSA Hospice of the Southwest, providing grief support. Um, I think, you know, being having a young child at the time, I really knew that maybe I needed to prepare my child for my death. And so I surrounded myself and I um, really researched a lot about grief at the time and how to talk to my child about, you know, the loss. Mm -hmm. And so at this point, I really feel um, 
that knowledge that I gained back then was really helpful in transitioning now to this PRN position to be able to provide grief counseling to those who have lost someone. I I remember Pam, when we did our podcast um, on grief and grieving Mm -hmm. and how many ways someone could grieve, you know, I mean, it's, it's immeasurable. I mean, in the numbers, I mean, you can't really put a a number on it. Um, but just the variety of ways that we grieve. And, um, so I would encourage you guys to go back and listen to that podcast because, um, it is so helpful to go through the full grieving process. Yes. And not everybody goes it the same way. The same way. Not everybody grieves the same. I do remember a quote from that uh, podcast. It was, you know, grief is like confetti. It just keeps yeah. giving, yeah. giving. Yeah. It's always there. Yeah. I wonder, Rosie, if, if there's something that you could share with our listeners about um, counseling itself or grief, like a grief group, um, and, and maybe to, to enlighten them a little bit about what it's not, you know, or the stereotype of, you know, uh, and we've talked about the stereotypes of counseling and mental health and the stigma around that. But I know that you've been in this area long enough to, to maybe have seen a little bit of the fear people have when they come in or they're afraid to ask, is there just something that you would share with our listeners about helping them that how good it can be for them? Well, I think sometimes there is a big stigma around, you know, mental health and seeking counseling, but, um, I kind of think of it as just a conversation like we're having now, you know, um, of course the counselor might be trained in certain therapies to assist you, but, I kind of think it's just some, an easy conversation, just like what we're having now. Um, and I know sometimes that's difficult for, for patients and for clients, but I kind of, how it makes me feel at ease is just, we're just going to have a conversation. And I think that's what I say in our sessions is let's have a conversation because I think that helps it, you know, be easier to consume instead of I'm going to do these, you know, therapeutic, you know, assessments on you. Yeah. Fill out this paper answer these mathematical equations and I'll judge you. That's not it. No, that's not it at all. (laughs) And I think the beauty of having a counselor is, you know, going through treatment, it's not just you, it's you and your family, your loved ones. And sometimes um, for survivors, it's hard to put that burden on them. They feel overwhelmed. So a counselor is a great sounding board. Yeah. And I think I'm glad you mentioned that, Pam, because I knew, um, you know, especially my husband and my child also needed those, you know, counseling services. Um, and I think, you know, be, having been a social worker and then transitioning, you know, to a counselor, it was really important for me to get that assistance as well for them to be able to get that help that they needed as well. And I'm sure you could see it in your children that the benefits, you know, it's not so scary to think about cancer. Not everyone dies from cancer, um, but there is beauty that does come from it. Yeah. And I feel like I've, you know, having accomplished my goals and, you know, moving forward in this new licensure has been able to, you know, for my child to see that, you know, mm-hmm. you know, we can move forward. Yeah. It's a, I've, we've used this term and, and I know we were talking before we uh, started the podcast about the journey. And sometimes that sounds corny. You know, and maybe some listeners are going, oh, it's not a journey I want to be on. I mean, we know that, but we, we, we want to really focus that it is a journey that, it, um, you know, even, even with the stage four, it's a journey. Um, and, and many times, many times, and we don't, we don't want to overlook the times that it is a, um, a terminal illness, but most often is not. 
And so it is a journey. And I think that's a great example that you showed, you showed your, your family, your, your son, that I finished this journey and I'm on the, to the next journey. That's right. Yeah. Um, but like you said, Ryan, it is, it is a journey. And I think initially as a cancer survivor, you don't realize that, you know, just kind of living day to day, most of the time going through treatment. Um, but like I said, what I found healing was here at the center because I could just be myself at that time. I didn't have to put a, a face or a front when I was out in the professional world. Mm-hmm. I could just come here and just be. Just be know, rosy. Yes. And be a bald rosy. <laughs> a bald you know? rosy. I could be, I could, I didn't have to wear my wig out. Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. You know, because in the professional setting, I always felt like I had to wear a wig and be a certain way. But when I come here, you know, I can just be, you know, bald and, you know, and be surrounded with others who are just going to connect with and and be, you know, I could just be me. Yeah. It's so awesome. You know, and you're right. We can come here and you can be bald. You can be beautiful. You don't have to feel good. You can just... You know, just come here for the support because ultimately, you know, it's the connection that you make here. And so can you tell us like some of your favorite classes that you have attended here? Yeah, I think, you know, um, initially I really started coming to work out with Kat because Mm -hmm. I, you know, after treatment, I just felt like I was very weak, always had the fatigue. And so that class, you know, was available in the evenings and I just thought I need to go because I need to work, work on my strength, on my physical strength. And so that was one of the very first classes I attended here and still continue to attend, you know, um, because it's just helped me overall. That's so awesome. Yeah, this is it's and we kind of set this up in the beginning of of your unique story um, of of now you have um, you started this journey and then you were diagnosed and, and, and then transitioned into a new role and all of this to help people. And, um, that's one of the reasons too, that we work so well together between all the treatment centers is we're all in this together to help folks. And, um, you know, I just want to applaud you and, and thank you for what you're doing with patients at, at your local center. And then talk about how remind folks that if you are not at where Rosie is, that's okay. Mm-hmm. There's great doctors in at, all over this community. And, um, that's why we're here. And that's why we provide some of the things we do with our counselors, not to say, you know, that, that, that who is better than the other, that's not our game. Um, but we have counselors. If your center doesn't have counselors, we have Maribel as our social worker. If you don't have Rosie and, um, we have the uh, resources as well, but we also have resources such as Matt training, um, that we say, everybody, come on, everybody. And, uh, I just want to make sure that, that that everyone realizes that. And the unique thing too is, I know when someone comes and visits with you um, uh, for social work, it doesn't cost them. I know when they come and visit with us or they come to any of our classes, it doesn't cost. It's entirely free. Um, and so that's why we encourage you to, it costs you nothing to take advantage of a flower arranging class or work out with cat, any of those classes. Um, it just takes a little time. Just your time. Yeah. Gosh. So, Rosie, is there anything else that you, any tips, tricks, um, information that you would like to share with survivors? Um, you know, I think it's important for survivors to know that, you know, you might be in a vulnerable state right now. Um, but there will be a time when, when you'll be better, you know. And I feel like 
the healing that I've gone through, you know, the support has just been contributed to the survivorship center. Um, I needed a place, a safe place, like you said, Pam, to be in this. This is what brought me that. So cool. Yeah. Those are the heartwarming stories. They are. That, it, you know, um, it is. It, 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 you can't help but love this kind of story. <laughs> yes. Right. Yes. Oh, Rosie, thank you for sharing with us today. Thank um, you. I know some of our listeners have, um, are, are, oh, I've seen Rosie, I, you know, the, the, at some of the classes, but it, just challenge you, challenge you to just try one, just right. try a class. That's right. Yeah. Cost you a little time. So that leads us to our last segment. It is our auto ink inspiring moment. Rosie, do you have one that you could share with us? Yeah, I think, you know, after a cancer diagnosis, people think, you know, you know, what, what am I going to do? You know, but I feel like I was called to this position to be where I'm at now. And I know that's going to happen in the lives of other cancer survivors. It may not be, you know, working directly with uh, cancer patients, but it could be su- supporting the survivorship center or, you know, I always encourage my family members to do the, our colors run together mm-hmm. walk and to mm-hmm. contribute back. So um, I know that others will find their calling as well. Yeah, You know, oftentimes we do hear um, patients come and say, you know, I need to find a purpose mm-hmm. or um, mm-hmm. something that I can give back. So there's always opportunities. Um, you don't have to change jobs. You don't have yeah. to run a marathon. But there is always, you know, big and small opportunities out there to make a big difference in someone's life. Because it truly does take a village of people to make things happen. Yes. In, any, any, in anything. And, uh, yeah, so don't feel like you've got to... As you said, Pam, no marathon. You don't have to run a marathon. You don't have to change jobs. <laughs> I'm not doing that. <laughs> you, but you can walk that marathon or you can. Uh, you can walk the 5K. You do can your job a little bit better. Put a team together. You can do some stuff. Yeah. Yeah. yeah there's always stuff. a way to get back. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And find purpose. Gosh, this has been so good. I um, We've looked forward to having you on um, just to tell your such a unique story. And as again, like I said earlier, I really thank you for what you're doing for, for folks over there um, because um, you never know. And we talk about that often. You just never know when you're going to need help. And uh, it, as you said, Rosie, it may not be right at the front. It may not be in the middle of treatment. It may be after treatment. Um, but I encourage you guys listening, don't be afraid to ask for help. Right. Whatever that help looks like. If it looks like picking up your kids, if it looks like, could you help clean my house? You know, people at people, how many times have someone told you, let me know if you need anything. Let me know if you, that seems to be the throwaway catchphrase, right? And I know I'm feeling people who are listening, nodding their head. Oh yeah. That's what they say. Hey, you let me know if I, if you need anything. Well, maybe now is the time you let them know what you need. Right. Don't be afraid to ask for help. Um, and, and if that's helped through us, if that's helped through your treatment center, if that's helped through your friends, family, church, whatever that is, don't be afraid to ask for help, period. That's pretty simple. That, that is simple. And that is your homework. Okay. (laughs) Right, Pam? (laughs) That's a pretty simple assignment. I think it's doable. You know, there's so many resources out there, you know, share this podcast, share, Mm -hmm. um, other episodes. Yes. There's, um, things that we do here at the center Um, share those. Share your treatment center resources that you have found um, available that have been helpful to you. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the the thing is to uh, real simple is uh, our phone number. It's 806-331-2400. You can go to our website, the number 24survivorship.org, 24survivorship.org. Our calendar is on there. 
um, email that out to your friends who have cancer or have had cancer. You know, make those things available. Uh, kind of be a be a uh, uh, ambassador uh, for your resources that you have found helpful. Whether it's a class at your center, whether it's a class here, whether it's talking to someone, make that available to your friends. Um, I think we're all in this together. Is kind of the, the 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 point that we need to drive home, right? And I believe our mission is no one fights alone. No one fights alone. Um, you know, we're here for you. That's right. We're here for you when you need us. Well, thank you guys for listening. Uh, you know, we, we, we've enjoyed this episode. Uh, we left you with some pretty easy homework. Don't yeah. be afraid to ask for help. And then make sure to join us next time for another great episode of Beyond the Ribbon. Thanks again for listening to Beyond the Ribbon. We'd like to extend a special thanks to the Auto Inc. family of dealerships as they have supported the 24 Hours in the Canyon Cancer Survivorship Center since 2016. For more information on the Cancer Survivorship Center, please visit our website at 24survivorship.org.